Hello there, I'm Steve Arcade, and I'd like to welcome you to another episode of How It Started, How Gamers Became Gamers. This podcast is all about taking a trip down memory lane with everyday gamers, learning the who, what, when, where, and how behind their love for gaming. Along the way, we'll discuss different gaming-related topics and thoughts on all things gaming. On this episode, Ben and I are privileged to chat with Twitch partner Alexis A. about how she got started playing fighting games with her brothers, Rockstar Games' The Warriors, how she fell in love with RP. RPGs like The Witcher, Fallout, Call of Duty, and the State of Warzone today, Facebook gaming as a platform, and more. We're also going to cover two really important topics, the toxic communities in games like PUBG and COD, as well as her thoughts on getting her Twitch partnership and how Twitch treats black and minority, as well as LGBTQ content creators. We hope you enjoy the show. Okay, welcome to another episode of How It Started. I'm Steve. Over here is Ben. And in today, we have a really special guest, twist partner, Alexis A. <laughs> Isn't that how you say it, right? <laughs> sure, why not? Well, that's how it's spelled, so I figured that's how it was meant to be. Is that... I mean, if we're going to be honest, my username came because I don't know how to make usernames. So it's literally my first name and my last initial. And I just kept putting characters until. It oh, switched. I yep. just figured you were like, hey, and like, <laughs> like everybody boss. sees you come in the room and you're like, hey, it's Alexis. <laughs> Thank awesome. you for joining us today. No problem. <laughs> yeah. So gamers don't get older. We level up. So what level are you? I am level 24. Level 24. And I'm just permanently level 24. Yep. Dude, I turned 21 again this year. Let's go. And did it last year and the year before. It, it gets a little more difficult each year. I have to. Be yeah. yeah you, Any back you problems should. coming up yet? Uh, been, been coming up for a while now, actually, now that you mention it. So, Alexis, tell us, how did you get started with video gaming? How did you get exposed to it? Um, so growing up, uh, I grew up in a military family. And so my parents were kind of busy, like with their jobs. Uh, both my parents were maintainers. So they had like 12 hour shifts, 16 hour shifts. Um, and my dad actually left us at home one day with a PS1 and a Sega Genesis, I believe it was at the time. And we didn't know what we were doing or how to work it, but my brothers figured out how to get Tekken to work. And that's okay. where it started, right. just getting, <laughs> getting beat up by my brothers in Tekken. Playing yep. Tekken. Okay, what was your favorite character to play? Um, so... <laughs> uh, I did never had a favorite character because I always got beat oh. up. And I was like, I'm going to pick Baraka because he looks good, or Goro because he's big. Always well, Mortal Kombat, up. okay. Yeah, for Mortal Kombat. For Tekken, um, I was Jin specifically. Okay. Still got beat up. It didn't work. If that you found the right combos in Jin, though, you could be extremely <laughs> irritating to your opponents. I was just terrible. I was were, you, just, were, were you one of those button mashers? Yes. I'm not mm. even going to lie. Yep. And then it, <laughs> and then it like went into Soul Calibur, and that was even worse. Because just, just not a fighting game person at all. And then I so, found the Warriors afterwards, and that was amazing. These are older brothers? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they thoroughly enjoyed beating up their little oh, sister 100%. on a hundred percent <laughs> constant basis. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. What would you say is the, the game that made you like fall in love with gaming? What was like your first love? Um, so growing up, um, I would say it was definitely the warriors. Uh, that was like my favorite movie as a kid, just the bottle scene specifically. I okay. actually tried to reenact it as a kid and I hit the necks together and broke the bottles. They just shattered around my fingers. Ooh, that um, <laughs> probably didn't go too well. It did not, but like uh, I saw that movie and it was just, I don't know what happened. It was just a really good movie. And then I knew that the game was coming out on PS2 and then I played it and really had a good time. And then I started getting into RPGs like Dragon Age, The Witcher. Um, it was just good. I don't know. I don't That's know. It's a Rockstar game, wasn't it? The Warriors? Yep. I don't think I ever played it because they came out with it and I was like, well, what happened to GTA? 
<laughs> I didn't know the movie. I never saw the movie, so I just I didn't know anything about it. I knew it was based right. on a movie, but I didn't know anything about the movie. So was the Warriors anything like any other Rockstar games, or was it very, very different? Honestly, um, so there's a mechan- there's a few mechanics in the game that I feel like are different. Um, one of the mechanics is like a spray paint challenge that you do um, around New York on like the different like uh, sublines that run through New York. And then the other one is kind of like a like a beat em down challenge, which is similar to like a GTA kind of game. Um, but overall, like I feel like the way that they handled the story with that game was really good. I think that game sold over something like 40 million copies too when it came out. Yeah. It was insane. Um, but I think the closest game that's similar to it with like all of the side missions and then the way that the story progresses is kind of like Bully, if that makes sense. Sure. So was it a linear story or was it more of an open world with the story um, built in? They tried to make it open world, but it was definitely linear. They kind of did like an Evil Within 2 thing where they're like, yeah, we're going to advertise this as open world, but it's really not open world. And sure. you might hate yourself. <laughs> gotcha. The invisible yeah. walls. Uh-huh. You already <laughs> yeah. know. It sucks because that's <laughs> one of my favorite walls. series too. Unfortunate. Uh. So you said you started off with like Sega and PlayStation. What mm-hmm. did you move on to from that? Um, so the way that I got consoles was kind of just like through the adults. So like if they had consoles and they gave us permission, we could play them. Um, the next console after PS2 was uh, both Xbox and PS3. Um, the, like, so my, when my parents like split up, uh, my mom's, I guess, partner, her new partner that she ended up like, you know, having her life with and stuff. Um, he introduced us to PS3 and Xbox 360. And then that's when I got into like Call of Duty and just like all this crazy online stuff that I'm a kid my age probably should not be playing. Um, and uh, yeah. We all like felt the, that way. Yeah. <laughs> that was like the next few things. Um, one of the games I specifically remember on Xbox that I really enjoyed was Army of Two. I don't know if you ever played it. I, I'm familiar with it. Never played it, but I know what it was. Yeah, it was a really good game. It was like a uh, co-op like shooter kind of game where like you battled through this like giant oh, army. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I played that with my brothers. And then on like PS3, I think I played like Kingdom Hearts, which I didn't even know what the hell I was doing as a kid. J- just getting <laughs> stuck in these puzzles, getting upset, you know, just the regular. Um, yeah. But yeah, after that was definitely like the PS3, like Xbox 360 days for sure. So what was the first console or gaming system or PC or whatever that you owned? That I personally ever owned? Uh, listen. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> here comes the story let's hear it it was an xbox 360 okay. Okay. and then i went into an xbox one mm. i'm not proud of it i i've since reformed all right i just want everybody to know i've reformed it's fine i'm, I'm definitely a sony kid now you know but it was an, it was an xbox. <laughs> so it's reformed sony i thought you were you're not a pc gamer i definitely am a pc gamer but there are some games that uh i personally feel like run better on their consoles um sure. And so, like, I've been slowly going back and actually getting the consoles just so I could play them on there. But as, as like, far as, like, FPS games go or, like, online games, 100% uh, controller, sorry, controller, keyboard and mouse. I hate controllers. <laughs> I, I'm so bad at the claw, like, the little claw formation uh, that I can't. I can't play <laughs> FPSs with a controller anymore. I did it for a little while, but I just I can't with that. I can't either. It's horrible. No. No, it, you feel they feel like you're just lethargic and slow. You get hit from behind and you're dead. There's no whip it around real quick or nothing like that. So you mentioned Call of Duty. What was the first COD that, that got your interest? Uh, World at War uh, for the story, which is crazy because I'm pretty sure that campaign is regarded as the worst campaign by Call of Duty <laughs> gamers, which okay. uh, whatever it is what it is. Um, but I played World at War first. Uh, and then from World at War, I went into Modern Warfare 2 and then from Modern Warfare 2, Modern Warfare 3 and then Black Ops. 
All of it was online. All of it was toxic all the time. You already know. <laughs> so that's exactly we have. Um, we we had a, a guest. Her name's Izzy. She's from. She's 21 and she's from the UK, and she's a big time Call of Duty gamer. Mm-hmm. And and one of the topics that we got onto, and and I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this, um, is is being a girl gamer in war games, and 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 how you get treated versus how guys get treated. Sure. Um. So. Honestly, uh, the first games, I kind of have to go backwards. I'm sorry. I don't want to like, nope. but um, no, that's fine. the first game that I played yeah. on specifically keyboard and mouse, because a lot of like the toxicity I've run into was actually in PC lobbies, which is crazy. But um, the first game that I played on keyboard and mouse was PUBG. I was actually like a blue hole partner in everything. That's where, how my channel started. That's where, that's like how I got my partnership, my viewing, all that. Right um, and PUBG was the worst thing you could ever think of. It was always sexist all the time always racist all the time yeah the second i said one word it was over i could not do anything like it, it didn't matter um that's kind of how it works in call of duty too uh to a certain extent uh i have found people that are really cool and uh really welcoming and they're not really looking to be that kind of toxic gamer kid that you know we grew up like being um and so it just depends if i'm with my group of friends i don't have to worry about any of that but the second i talk in like a post-game lobby or like a halftime lobby for example in call of duty all i hear is make me a sandwich the the n-word they just assume that i'm a black woman um they tell me i'm like a lesbian which doesn't affect me because i am definitely a lesbian i don't you know but um it's just like really weird insults that are off the wall that you would never think you would hear and it's only because of my voice how it sounds on the microphone for like five seconds so, yeah. yeah yeah it's unfortunate does it make you sometimes not want to get involved with online gaming honestly it makes me want to do it more because i know i'm making somebody mad if i'm being honest that's perfectly <laughs> so. fair there you that's go perfectly fair somebody's <clears throat> got to stand up to the bullshit i can't stand by like it pisses me off when i see that kind of behavior or the assholes that like find clever ways to throw the n-word or other racist mm-hmm. or sexist terminology in their clan tags mm-hmm. or their usernames you would think call um, of duty would fix that by now but i guess i think something activision <laughs> fix something yeah no <laughs> right right take an actual pr- good stand against bullshit that's going on <laughs> that you shouldn't be allowing yet you've been allowing for this long Hmm. yeah yeah nope it didn't make them any money so they weren't interested in it and that's that's a terrible situation i i'm glad to hear that it doesn't discourage you though yeah i think the only thing that would make me like kind of irritated with that is that there are there are people who obviously know it's wrong but they don't want to say anything because they're like well it's not my business so i shouldn't say anything and i'm like well if you take that kind of approach to any other serious situation that you would encounter in life like what if you run up on somebody being robbed which that actually just happened on a live stream the guy like pushed the dude off and made sure he kept the camera on to you know save the guy but these situations happen all the time but people are just like well it's not my business and this is why nothing ever gets fixed if i'm going to be honest because they just don't care enough to actually put the best foot forward so and then the people that do stand up and speak out get called virtue signalers and others oh yeah horseshit that just really <laughs> Like, word up. There's no such thing as virtue signaling. You're just mad that someone else is doing the right fucking thing, and you're not. I agree. You're mad that they look like they're doing the right thing, and you don't have the balls to do it. And that's 
That's I mean, I completely agree. I think I, I think a lot of things that we or terms that we use don't actually mean shit in like the grand scheme of actually either doing the right thing or being on the right side of like politics or whatever, for example. I feel yeah. like people like to put labels on things or terms on things to make themselves feel better about something that they aren't actively doing. So I agree. There's nothing wrong with doing the right thing. And not everybody that does the right thing is doing it for an ulterior motive. They might just be doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Mm hmm word so <clears throat> tell me about being a twitch partner um okay so this is where this gets dicey so <laughs> i've been <laughs> i'm just gonna be as honest as i can and hopefully it helps yeah. uh people that look like me so i've been streaming on twitch since 2016 i think my first ever stream was actually on an xbox one okay and yeah. it was fallout 4 and i that's also like probably the best series hand down if you can see behind me i literally have fallout Pops we're gonna we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna come back to that we'll come back <laughs> Um, but I played Fallout 4 and uh, I was not a fan of the game. And so people were just like, thought it was hilarious because I was just actively and openly shitting on a Bethesda game. They're like, oh, nobody does this. This is crazy. Like, we're so used <laughs> to loving every single game. <laughs> um, and so I got my start there. And then I like from there kind of streamed when I could because I was in college when I started streaming. So I really only used it as like stress reliever. So I would stream like maybe once or twice a week. And I had three jobs at the time to put myself through school, which was I don't know how the hell 17 year old me did it, but it is what it is. <laughs> um yeah from there i was like you know what you know what? screw school i don't want to do this anymore and so i joined the military um and that was like not a it was a bad experience but not at the same time um i got i ended up getting out early because i didn't know i had an undiagnosed mental illness that got diagnosed when i was in which is it is what it is like i'm happy and better for it knowing it now yeah um so i had a two-year ish break because i had to do bmt and then tech school so there's like a year and a half uh, came back to streaming 2017, like late, no, yeah, late 2018, actually, sorry. Um, okay. And then that's kind of where I like picked my channel back up and started like making the connections and stuff. I applied for partnership probably three times between 2018 and 2020 and got denied all three times um, because of social media numbers is what they claimed at the time. Um, but it was a way to keep basically the partner program like more lucrative and more exclusive if we're being honest, because a lot of, at that time, a lot of the partners that were actually partnered did not, we're not black people. We're not like openly gay black people, weren't black people, weren't a lot of minorities. It was a lot of what you see all the time on the front page. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, it is what it is. I'm not gonna sit here and be upset about it, but the thing that did make me upset is this past year with BLM and everything going on, Yes. they offered me partnership. They were like, oh, you're a black person that's been on our platform for five years making content. Like, you should, here you go. You know what I mean? And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to take this because I deserve it. Yeah. I don't give a fuck that you're going to, you know, tokenize me or whatever you're going to do. But like, I earned this. Mm -hmm. I've been, I applied three times for this. I've been working for this. I had 4,000 followers in 72 hours at one point that like hit my channel. Wow. Oh, I didn't wow. get partnered after that. You know what I mean? So I was like, screw this. I'm going to take it. So I took it uh, and it's been fine. It's just the only thing that's like kind of, stupid about partnership is a lot of people think that be, once you get partnered you're going to make all of this money and that's definitely a myth it does not happen um especially when you're a woman especially when you're black and especially when you're gay you have to work 10 times as harder as everybody else and anyone who says that that's an excuse is literally just lying to you and trying to make you feel like shit we're gonna be honest um i believe you i get less than half of the sponsorship offers that everybody else gets uh, it, it's it's completely different. There's a different kind of dynamic when it comes to being a black creator and partnered. Um, yeah, you just I, I just don't want people to think that they're gonna make money as soon as the check mark hits their account. It's not like it's a horrible thing, but there are downsides to it for sure. 
this is why I wanted to have you on the show so much because of your unique perspective on this stuff. Because you, you come from, you're not only are you a female gamer, not only are you an African-American, but you're also a lesbian. All of these things combined, you have to deal with so much adversity that other people, frankly, do not. And it is important to me on this show to give people like you a platform to talk mm-hmm. about shit like this. So don't apologize. <laughs> I'm so used to it because I'm front page. It's horrible. You have to... <laughs> I like to do my research on people that we have on the show. We've only had 13 episodes actually go live and you're going to be like mm-hmm. episode 18. But I looked and one of the things that stood out to me most on your Instagram was your video of your face showing on that placard on or on that video board on Times Square mm-hmm. and how proud you were. And how important that seemed to be to you. And that was very cool to me. Yeah. And you work very hard and it's very easy to tell how hard you work. So congratulations on your partnership. You oh. fucking deserve it. Yeah. Thank you. You deserve it. Keep up the good work. I enjoy your streams. And anyone <laughs> that's listening or watching this should check you out. And we're going to talk about that later. Let's talk about Fallout. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I'm going to lose some people. <laughs> so it was Fallout 4 your first Fallout game? or were you... Absolutely not. No. Okay. So... So let's talk about it. Yeah, so I actually started on um, Fallout 2 videos because at the time I didn't have a computer. This was when I was in college in like 2015, I found Fallout 2 on YouTube. And I'm sure by now, like people don't really like Oxhorn or whatever, whatever's going on. I don't know. YouTube is a whole other beast. Regardless, I found his videos and actually really enjoyed like Fallout 2. And I was like, oh, crap, like this is this is an RPG. This is actually what an open world RPG looks like when it's done well. Yes. Then I played Fallout New Vegas and Fallout 3, and Fallout New Vegas is by far my favorite, probably my favorite game ever tied with The Witcher 3. It's just, it's a phenomenal game. It's even better modded. It's really good. Uh, The story is amazing. Uh, Wow, just a good game. Fallout 3 was good, and then I got to Fallout 4, and I was like, this is literally a a fucking carbon copy of Fallout 3. It's it's the same game. They just, all they did was just change the character's gender, if we're going to be honest. Okay. And there wasn't really anything to it. It was a horrible game. The VAT system was great. The story was horrible. They tried yeah. to segment the story, uh, which was less than t- 10 hours, by the way, with a shit ton of side quests. Preston Garvey is the most annoying motherfucker ever with the base building. <laughs> <laughs> it is a horrible game. <laughs> oh, my wife is going to laugh so hard at that comment. <laughs> he has over, I think, 600 hours in Fallout 4. Oh, wow. I hated it. <laughs> I hated it so much. I tried so hard to love it, and I just couldn't. In, in our defense, that was the first Fallout that either one of us played. See, then then, then that would make sense. Because I feel like if you play Fallout for the first time and you play Fallout 4, it's a good game. You know what I mean? Because you don't really have the precursors of everything else. But also Fallout 4, <laughs> as like a new, from a new game perspective, is like, it's okay. The story's decent. You get to like do an ex- a bunch of extra shit that makes you feel immersed in the world. And that's perfectly fine. And I have nothing against that. For me, like coming from Fallout New Vegas, Fallout 3, Fallout 2, it's just... Like I said, there's We've some improvements told. with combat, but <laughs> I, I can't I can't play that game. <laughs> so you would you would probably would it be a fair statement to say that rather than a new Fallout game after 76, which by the way, did you try 76 at all or no? Oh god, no. So <laughs> um I saw the announcement at E3 and I was so excited. I was like, nukes online? Whoa! Like, you know, all the gamer kids. <laughs> yeah. I, was like, I was so excited. <laughs> 
And then the game came out and it was not what they said it was at E3, which I should be fine with by now, right? Because we've watched so many E3s and so many trailers and the trailers are never indicative of the game because they never run it on the actual game's engine. Right. They always use a PC to, you know, run a very, fight. very powerful PC. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) And so I saw 76 and I was like, you know what? No, absolutely not. No. Um, I'm kind of like, I might get into it only because the game has had so many improvements in quality of life with the game so that it's playable now and more people are actually going to 76. Um, which I mean, if we're going to talk about fallout after 76, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't see it. The, the amount of people that are upset about Elden Ring already, and I don't think that game's dropped to the point where they're literally switching out the E and L and just putting a capital L for Elden Ring. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think people are going to uh, receive any of it does the games well in the oh, future. I was going to suggest maybe a New Vegas remaster. That would be exciting. I'm not really a fan of remasters only because I feel like they prolong or like, or not prolong, but like they um, distract from new IPs. Yes. If it makes sense, like they, they use them as a way not to develop new IPs. But like, I think New Vegas would be a great remaster only because the game is does not age well. You have to play it with mods if you want to play it now. So Yeah, and that's the uh-huh. thing. That's the reason why we've never gone back to Fallout 3 and New Vegas is kind of difficult to go back to because on new mm-hmm. hardware, it just doesn't run very well. Oh, it is horrible. Just like, um, for example, Fear. I ran Fear for oh, the yeah. first time on my <laughs> PC. That thing was eight frames on Steam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, a nightmare. Well, that yeah. that's locked at I think like thirty FPS or whatever. You have yeah. to go in and, and change the INI file or something. In order to I'm, get I'm definitely not doing. It. <laughs> I was like, I'm just gonna watch this on YouTube. Yeah, this is too much work. If I just can't click play and go, I'm not into it. Yep. Yeah, I feel you. For sure. So, what would you say is one of the most disappointing games that you've ever played? Ooh, I'm going to use the popular answer and I'm going to say cyberpunk because first of all, I wasn't even excited for cyberpunk. I'm one of the few probably. I was not, I wasn't, I just wasn't a fan. I like looked at it and I was like, okay, like it's a, it's a cyber, you know, wow. And this is like along the same kind of vein as like Max Payne because it's a dystopian cyberpunk kind of world, right? Or steampunk, cyberpunk, whatever you want to call it. Um, And I got gifted the game because my community was like, we want to see you play it. We want to see you play it. The first day I opened the game and not even joking, in the middle of a cutscene, a car glitched out of the road and ran me over and killed me. <laughs> oh, no. We're back to the floating people down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this continued. It was like Mr. X in Resident Evil 3. Literally, I would walk down the street from that point forward and just get hit by cars. It didn't matter what I was doing. A car would just come off the street to hit me and kill me. And I'd have to keep restarting. And I was just in a restart loop. Uh-huh. Um <laughs> so that was definitely a disappointing game for sure i think if i'm gonna go with any other ones hmm prey and i know that's an unpopular opinion um i was super excited for prey i actually pre-ordered the game and i pre-ordered the collector's edition yeah and it just i don't know it just kind of seemed like a flat empty world kind of like a devoid of life kind of like um outer worlds if you ever played that and have not it was played like, it it was a, it was decent, but like the characters didn't feel like they came to life for me. Like the world felt lifeless, and that's the issue I had with you know the games that I just mentioned, like Prey, for example. So, the I was Outer Worlds was was done by the same people that did New Vegas, right? And there was mm-hmm. all that hype around it about how it was going to be. What, the next you know, New Vegas, what they yeah. wanted, yeah, like the spiritual successor in terms of an RPG. You didn't feel like it was. I mean. I thought it was. I definitely thought it was too short, though. I think you can beat the campaign if you're doing like a casual pace in like 12 hours, which is like, oh, wow. 
you know it's, um, it's not that yeah, yeah it's not that long for like an open world rpg of that caliber um but it was like the actual graphics were great the actual gunplay was great it wasn't like it was a terrible game it just for me felt like they could have done more to make the npcs feel more a part of the universe you know so it's not a terrible game from uh, by any means i think the dlcs actually made it a better game if anything which is weird because dlcs are usually like you know the worst you're paying an extra 30 to 60 bucks for what should have been in the game yeah right, a couple yeah. of skins <laughs> or a chapter that should have just been in the base game to begin with and right yeah you know uh but yeah uh while i was disappointed by it i think the dlcs definitely made it better um so i mean if you want to play it and you kind of want to get like that like charm of like new vegas or the older like uh fallout kind of like essence i think that outer worlds is a great place to start but don't go in with too many expectations for sure gotcha gotcha mm-hmm. what would you are there are there any games coming out in the near future or like coming out this year that you're excited about um i was definitely excited for vampires and masquerade 2 but after they've changed studios so many times and delayed the announcements i personally don't know how to feel about that i don't know if you guys are excited or have heard about that series um, only that 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 it's been in development hell for a long ass time <laughs> like dead island 2 for example that game is still getting developed allegedly allegedly i still remember the trailer with the you know with the with the catchy song and the guy running down the beach in california and eventually turning into uh basically it looked like a knockoff of the thriller video there at the end i agree uh i I thought that trailer was horrible but that i I don't know um but um i think besides that maybe resident evil village only because i played the entire series everybody in my community was like you have to play resident evil you have to play the whole series it's an amazing series and i played it I think the worst part of Resident Evil is Resident Evil 5 and Chris punches the boulder. That was the worst part I've ever, I think I've ever done in my life trying to do that. Um, but I'm super excited for Village and then Final Fantasy 16 when it comes out too. Okay. So. How did you feel about the Final Fantasy 7 remake? Um, I didn't even play the original 7. So I'm, I'm like a fake fan of that one just mm. because I couldn't get it to work on my PC through Steam. Um, but the remake, <laughs> uh, the 7 remake was really good in my opinion. I really liked it for not having that experience of the original. Oh, so. the first one, yeah. Were you disappointed that they decided to break it into three different releases and like trilogy it out the way they If did? I'm being honest, yes, because I, I was the, one of those gamers who spent 11 hours sitting there in one sitting to beat the game so i was very like i was like what the hell what kind of ending is this and then people were like oh it's a it's a, like a multi-part series and i was like wow well yeah. <laughs> all right all right <laughs> See, yeah it kind of felt like a cash grab to me a mm-hmm. little bit i agree so there was one other topic that i wanted to circle back on and cover with you which is the state of Warzone today Oh, my God. <laughs> I want to know what you think about it. I mean, I've heard your thoughts on your own stream, but talk to us about it without without having to yell at the game. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I listen, the, the, without the yelling at the game part is key. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I came into Warzone in season three. Um, we're in like season technically nine now, if you were to get it, like not count them restarting or rebooting right. the seasons. Right. Um, and it was a fantastic game. Um, almost like for me personally with like my shitty Katie at the time because I did not play the game Um, (laughs) I rarely ever had cheaters in my lobby when we did cross lobbies like cross play lobbies Um, the guns seemed more balanced I did never really had an issue of getting shot 600 meters across the map with a random aug that shouldn't even shoot 600 meters across the map Right. Um, (laughs) getting one tapped with an M16 that hit me over a thousand meters even though the bullet velocity doesn't make sense you know Um, that's realistic (laughs) (laughs) especially being somebody who shot M16s and was in the military you know what I mean Right, yeah. yeah. Um, 
But honestly, I feel like if Activision doesn't spend time to develop a better anti-cheat, and not to mention uh, Raven Software with their horrible fucking balancing of guns and their shitty Call of, uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War system. If they're going to chain or port that into Warzone, that game is dead. It's done. No one's playing it. It's the Call of Duty game. Black Ops system is horrible. I think that Battlefield, when they drop that VR that people are hyped for, honestly, if they don't make changes, I feel like Battlefield is going to be Warzone, what Warzone was. Because Battlefield uh, VR, I think, is taking place in like a World War kind of setting. So is that yeah battlefield 6 is going to be a modern modern battlefield correct okay i'm not too sure actually Uh, i would have to double check on that i was just going i'm not sure either yeah i've Um, read some rumors but i'm not sure yeah Um, i just know this vr is probably gonna be like what warzone did in like the first probably 24 hours it'll have a crazy like you know directory but we'll see so it'll be interesting did you try firestorm on Battlefield Five, their battle royale that they put in there. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't. I didn't hate it. If I'm being honest, somebody comes. So me coming from PUBG to Warzone was already a big shock because I feel like PUBG's pacing is way different as well as like their overall game mechanics. It makes more sense, you know, for like the period and place that they're in. Uh, it kind of sucks that like PUBG kind of fell into the same like developer hell, um, yes. unfortunately. And then like they're trying to make a PUBG 2.0, and it's just at this point the game is it is what it is. Um, but I don't know, dude, like the, the way that the game is now is insane. It's just, there's, there's literally hackers, every other lobby, they'll literally talk about their quotas Zen to you. They could care less because they know nothing's going to happen to them. Yeah, uh, a, a large population of gamers that are within the call of duty space don't want what they call intrusive hardware or intrusive software on their hardware that would IP ban them. Should they be hacking? They think it's intrusive to get banned for, you know, IP banned for doing something that makes the game worse for everybody, oh, wow. which makes no sense. <laughs> that they shouldn't be doing in the first place. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so why, right now, I don't know uh, if you play Warzone, but there's like a meta hell that goes on where like YouTubers are dictating what guns basically get vaulted or what guns get buffed or what guns get nerfed with their like little this is a loadout you should be using videos. And I've said this so many times, I have no issue with those videos because at the end of the day, those people are making money and they need to take care of themselves, right? Like it's a way for them to pay their bills. But for for devs to be using those videos to then dictate vaulting, nerfing, buffing, I think is stupid. You're just ruining the game state at that point. The the same three guns being used in Warzone is not fun. No. There's there's no point. I play three games now and get off because I'm like, well, I'm I'm either going to have to use an M16, a a FAR, or, you know, an AUG and see what what happens. Right, yeah. Yeah, it it has gotten very far out of hand, both in terms of the hacking and in terms of the the meta, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And you would think that it's what what baffles me is they did this whole season two, what they call it, season 2.5 or whatever. Season two reloaded. Jesus Christ, dude. (laughs) And they did all this stuff, but they didn't address the fucking elephant in the room. We all know what the problem is right now. It's the meta and the cheaters. And they came out with that one statement after a couple of big names in the community said, fuck it, I'm done playing. I can't do this anymore. We swear we're going to take care of the cheaters. We're going to get them. You know what makes it worse is there's motherfuckers making YouTube channels. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about Bad Boy Beeman because he's like fucking terrorizing the COD community right now, especially no. the, the content creators. But he's like this. Uh, I could be wrong. I think he's from the UK because he has like a like a British accent. Um, and he basically makes YouTube videos where he like compiles evidence out of like 
out of frame. So he'll literally skip frames and clips to make it look like people are cheating. Like he manipulates the clips and then uploads it to YouTube. And it makes it worse because now you have basically the ambassadors of the community and the top streamers of the community under fire for hacking because one guy like edited the, the freaking clips out of frame to make it look so. So we also okay. have that going on and he's made That's like Z laner videos, swag videos, freaking Dr. Disrespect, like all these names, videos of these dudes just hacking He's and it's making it trying worse. to say the doc does, does <laughs> hacking. I mean, doc does a lot of shit, but he's n Dr. Disrespect is not a hacker. Yeah, I mean, he says a lot of shit about a lot of people. <laughs> I love Dr. Disrespect, but the fact of the matter is, is that he, he does legitimately lose as much as he wins, just like the rest of us. He's not a gaming god like the rest of us. And if you watch him, you can tell that's the fact. So to suggest that he's even coming close to cheating, I, he's the only one that I've ever watched. That's just laughable. That's mm -hmm. and yeah, yeah, I can see how that causes a shitload of problems. Mm -hmm. So uh, Big Star Two was another like is another major like Call of Duty influencer, and he owns yeah. the Royal Ravens, which is a CDL team. And so Big Star, uh, which is what you were talking about, came out and was like, "Fuck this game! I'm not playing this shit anymore." Because he got killed by a dude that was camping an ATC. Yes, I because it was had, in the yeah. tower thing, right? Because mm -hmm. he started watching the guy, and then he was playing that, and then he went and found the guy's Facebook gaming channel, and the guy's just this is the guy I showed you, Ben. The oh, okay, right, broadcasting yeah. himself straight up, broadcasting. Yeah, you can see the showing up on the screen yeah. and everything. Yeah, this and the reason right why, here. yeah, is because yeah. Facebook gaming. Uh, Facebook as a whole, uh, when it comes to like uploading live streams and videos and stuff like that on Facebook, the TOS kind of protects you in that it's not built into the TOS, uh, nor do they want to basically drive down their usership of their platform. So they will not ban people if they For stream themselves hacking. Yeah. Because it, it affects their bottom line when it comes down to other mechanics on Facebook. So As if Facebook couldn't be a more trash platform. <laughs> you know what's funny about that? They, Facebook gaming keeps harassing me for a partnership, but they're not offering anything to, to move platforms. So yeah, I kind of, I agree with you. Personally, I, you know what I mean? Because I'm just tired of getting these fucking emails with no offer in them to move to a new platform. But <laughs> the, yeah. And, and Mixer was bad enough. And then Mixer combined itself with Facebook gaming and I feel for the people that are on Facebook gaming because they're in more of a walled garden than we are on Twitch. I agree. I think that the issue with that too is you have the big creators that are signing to other platforms to make them viable. For example, Disguised Toast, which is he's a huge Hearthstone player uh, and Among Us now. He's I think he's mostly known for Among Us, probably more than Hearthstone. Hmm. Um, he's like a huge creator. His videos get millions of views less than 24 hours after uploading them uh, for Among Us. And he went to Facebook. And so it made this, the platform seem more viable. Same thing happened with Zlater with YouTube and Facebook uh valkyrie with youtube you know what i mean so it's it's kind of like a, a creator battle at this point i mean yeah. the same thing happened with shroud and ninja and mixer so I, it is what it is i i kind of sucks that these huge contracts are like trying to legitimate legitimize legitimize excuse me spaces but i mean i'm not surprised if i'm being honest it, it feels a little bit like pro wrestling you know some wrestlers to wwf <laughs> some to wcw the nwo starts up who's going to be hollywood hulk hogan that's what i want to know <laughs> <laughs> that's a great question i can't even answer that honestly i have no idea these contracts oh, are insane so. that's good stuff so let, let's um we've only got a little bit of time left and i don't want to waste it and miss the opportunity for you to tell people where they can find you 
so you can find me specifically on twitch.tv uh, forward slash backslash, whatever you want to call it, uh, Alexis A. So it's Alexis spelled in the basic A-L-E-X-I-S. And then A is A-Y and three E's after the Y. Right on. And then Instagram, same thing, right? Uh, Instagram, Alexis Twitter, A. And then, yeah. The only difference is going to be where the underscore is because I couldn't get my username, unfortunately. Um, so Instagram, the underscore <laughs> is at the end. And then on Twitter, I believe it's in the middle. So. All right. And we're going to put the links down yeah. below on the uh, description. <clears throat> we're going to have them on the description for the podcast audio. I lied. Video. They're all at the end. For the underscores. Oh, they're all at the end. <laughs> okay. Pay attention, folks. It'll all be there for it'll be clickable for you to get where you need to go to hook up with Alexis, who has been an excellent guest. Thank you so much. We really no do problem. appreciate you coming no, on. You, yeah. um, we plan to do revisit episodes <clears throat> into the future sometime, maybe later this year. So hopefully sure. we can get with you on that and maybe see what happened with Warzone and, and how you feel about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure they're getting ready amazing. to launch them nukes. I'm curious to see what they're going to do. Maybe they'll <laughs> pull their heads out of their asses. Time will tell. This is a Fortnite event, 100%, <laughs> but it is what it is. <laughs> oh, I hope not. <laughs> I felt like they Fortnited out Blackout. I mean, they just did a Fortnite move with the whole zombies and them changing from area to area on the map. So though, I can only imagine the nukes are going to blow up the map and then take us back in time or something stupid. So. Take us back in time. <laughs> DeLorean pulls up into the fucking <laughs> Well, we're going. We don't need Rose. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. Oh, man. Hey, Doc, what are you doing with that M16? <laughs> <laughs> Libyans ain't going to shoot me this time, Marty. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, that's terrific. Alexis, thank you again so much for joining us on this uh, episode of How It Started. We appreciate you. I'm Steve. That's Ben. That's Alexis. Thank you, Alexis. We'll see you next time on How It Started. Thank you for joining us for this episode of How It Started. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to like, subscribe, and follow us. You can find links to our podcast episodes, social media, and more by going to howitstartedpod.com or by searching for How It Started, How Gamers Became Gamers on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. We release new episodes every Friday. You can find Ben on Twitch at twitch.tv slash v 3 and on Instagram at Zivion. You can find Steve on Twitch at twitch.tv slash secretlayerarcade or secretlayerarcade.com and on Instagram at Secret Layer Arcade. Until next time, I'm Steve Arcade. For myself and my co-host Ben, thanks for joining us, and be sure to live your best one up.